Count it up, count it up, count it up, count it, count it up, count it up, count it up, count it, count it up, count it up, count it up, count it. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. This is Under the Covers, presented by No Easy Buckets, your host, Jacob McCormick. I'm joined once again by Mike and Clay. Uh, last week we j- went over uh, week zero in college football, uh, a couple of opening slate games. We got a full slate this week uh, with week one. Guys, what did you do last weekend in prep? Uh, anything significant? Uh, anything noteworthy? I stayed pretty light on the sidelines. I dipped in a few games. The only one I actually dipped into was the Colorado State-Hawaii game, which I texted both of y'all like really confident in this one. And, of course, they have some random – Next, uh, Marcus Mariota come out of Hawaii and just light them up. So I'm like, all right, well, good start to the year. But that's all I did. Yeah, I sprinkled a little bit around just for the sake of uh, I had the itch, and it was a great opportunity to fill that itch. But, yeah, Colorado State didn't do us any favors last week. Who knew Hawaii, in the midst of a volcano, would come to the mainland and sling it around like they did. But it's week zero for a season for a reason so week one is coming up this week and here's where the winners begin yeah it was, it's basically like a trial run for the first weekend like make sure you, you know what you're doing get your get some losses out of the way they don't count in week zero or take um, a chance on umass when i really <laughs> wanted to and i didn't god i'm still mad yeah, that's, anyway that's your own fault for not riding your horse um yeah, so kind of wanted to, before we get into Mike and Clay's picks back and forth here for the week, uh, we wanted to kind of, you know, since it is opening weekend, you know, I know you guys have your own plans for it. I have my plans. It's going to be, you know, I guess almost three full days of games on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, which the slate is like, you know, no less than five or six games each day. And then Saturday, of course, is slap full. And then Sunday and Monday, we have a game each as well, since there's no NFL on the schedule. So, What's the what's the plans this weekend? What are games y'all are looking at? You know, cover it all. What's going on? We are we are continuing our yearly tradition. Me and Mike have a tradition of uh, starting the Thursday off out at Max's Sports Bar in Memphis. So if anybody's out there listening and needs needs plans for the first night of the year, that would be a great opportunity to come hang with us with your favorite handicappers. <laughs> we uh, that's that's our plan. We started that a couple years ago. We watched. Uh, Tennessee against App State there a couple years ago. The it feels like 98. It, it did not feel like 98 that night, but that's Great our game. plan for uh, Thursday. And then Saturday I have no other plans than sitting on my couch starting with Ole Miss at 11 and Ole Miss at 11. And you got Auburn, Washington at 2.30. You got nightcap of Bama, Louisville. You sprinkle in a little West Virginia, Tennessee in there. I mean, I don't think it gets much better for an opening weekend. No, I really don't think so either. I mean, there's a lot of uh, – I mean, there's some good ranked matchups, like you said, and some, like, you know, good out-of-conference games that may, maybe not, like, the highest ranked, but decent, you know, decent matchups. Yes, I am uh, – I'm surprised, Clay, that you didn't mention you wanted to dabble a little bit of bullies without the Nick Nicky Fitz to start the game. But uh, I'm with you. I'm excited about Thursday night at Max's. That's a, it's a great tradition. Uh, Blake's going to join us, I believe, if he doesn't bail. Shout out to Blake. Um, hopefully, yeah, making him come. The second, um, we're going to be, you know, Clay and I are pretty uh, opposing teams here for two of the games that will actually be worth watching Thursday nights. It'll be fun to actually do the live betting in front of each other to just roast yeah. each other the whole time. And then uh, 
Saturday, I am going to make the trip to Starkville to see our our trusted Bulldogs without uh, Nick Fitzgerald to start the year off. I'm sure whatever line that comes out, I'm just going to have to degenerately go with Mississippi State while I'm there just to make it a little bit more exciting. But um, other than that, that's pretty much it. And then watch football throughout the day, tailgating and whatnot. Pretty packed weekend for you. Um, uh, Does there, like, I know for me, like, just looking at the games here, like, I know that Washington-Auburn game, I mean, that's two top ten teams. Uh, That's kind of a game I'm looking at is, like, you know, definitely going to make sure I'm watching that one. Uh, Is there anything else out there for you guys besides the ones that, you know, I know there's ones that you're betting on individually. So, uh, is there anything else outside of that that you think might be appointment TV? Notre Dame and um, Michigan is one of those that I really wanted to watch. Um, just because both teams are kind of on the hot seat right now. Um, they, you know, they hadn't really been living up to expectation, a lot of pressure going into South Bend, but I think it'll be fun to watch Shea Patterson um, just in that style of offense to see if he's actually worth a damn or not. So that's my game. I, I like that. I think that's a, that's a very good matchup. I think uh, – LSU in Miami is the most in, in, intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. I think LSU is in a very, very unique spot. Obviously, Coach O has the criticism around him. They just named their starter this week, Joe Burrows, so we'll find out what the kid's about. You know, if he struggles and they lose this game by, say, two touchdowns, that Coach O hot seat come Labor Day, that's awfully hot early before they even get into SEC play. But on the other side, if Joe Burrows looks like a competent quarterback, we already know the LSU defense is always stacked. So if they come out and they beat Miami, they're instantly a contender in the SEC West, and who knows what they could do. It's, LSU is the most inter- intriguing team. It would not surprise me if they went 5-7, and seven, but if they went 9-3, and 10-2, and two, I don't think anybody would just be outright shocked. No, I don't think – I mean, it, their, their season, like they have such a bad history with quarterbacks that – you know, they just, it's almost like they didn't invest the time in the position during recruiting. And, you know, if this guy, you know, you're right. Like, Orgeron, I mean, we could put, you know, any number of lines out there for how many uh, uh, games you think he makes it through this season. But you're right. If he makes it through this first week, if he beats Miami opening weekend, like, that's pretty safe sailing for the rest of the season with him. But if he comes out there and loses by double digits – Dude, does he make it to like week five, like the week four? Like, what is he? <laughs> what's the lifespan on this guy? Yeah, it's a very interesting one because if he does well, wins nine, ten games this year, unexpectedly, honestly to me. But I not think to their fans, he'll, though. He'll be better known as a head coach than a interim head coach. Because really, all he has is interim head coach achievements. Every other thing is just kind of I don't know. Just seems like a fluke. Yeah. Yeah, but I think, uh, yeah, uh, if I had to put money on it, he's not going to be there. Um, but, yeah, so that's kind of the – those are a couple of games that, you know, I'm looking to watch. Like, Bama-Louisville, like you mentioned earlier, Clay, like I didn't uh, – I forgot about them playing. That's a good game. Too bad Lamar is not still there. That would have been really fun um, if Lamar Jackson was still there. Yeah, 24-point yeah. uh, dog game doesn't sound fun to watch. <laughs> no, but, it's, no. but it's Bama. It's two so. names. It's two names. That's, that's basically all it is. It's, I just don't see that – I'm not touching this game, but this is one of those games where Saban really doesn't care to cover. He just – he'll probably win by like 21, you know, 31 to 10 game here and just get their win and get out of there. He's not worried about embarrassing them or showing 
showing mm-hmm. his whole book on the first week against a Louisville team that's probably middle of the road ACC team. Right. Seems like a bland game to me. Yeah, and the thing is about Louisville too is that you know Petrino is going to come out with some kind of crazy game plan or game scheme and try to you know take them take them early. Maybe there's even like a really close first quarter or first half. But the, I mean, that's the only reason you'd be staying away from a line like this this high because it's like that team's going to put all of their like the last three weeks of prep into this, and Saban's doing the normal two or three days. So, uh, yeah, I think you're right. It's a stay away because the number's so high. Um, but yeah, so let's get into the picks real quick. You know, go ahead and get into the best bets. Um, I know you <clears throat> started off here, Mike, uh, yeah. with uh, with your uh, first game of the week. So you just take it away. All right. Well, that sounds good. Um, once again, I'm very excited about two Thursday night games where Clay and I will actually be in person ragging each other for these. But the first one I like, which will be very fun to argue with Clay here in a second, is Wake Forest at Tulane. Tulane in the membrane, a.k.a. Uh, Wake Forest, seven-point favorite going to New Orleans over under 56. I'm liking Tulane here. I am, you know, at first uh, looking at this game, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take Wake Forest, like easy. But as I look deeper into Tulane, it's shown me that they're actually not bad. Seven of their last 12 games last year were decided by one possession. Uh, they lost by they lost to Navy by two and Central Florida by six last season. I mean, they got most of their offense back, but the line's kind of questionable. And also, I think the coach really has got the team rolling motivationally. He's, you know, had a pretty good track record up to this point. And um, I think they're due. So, Fritz is going to win the coaching battle. We're covering seven at home. Tulane covering seven. Interesting play there, Mike. I will take – that's one of my plays for the week. I will roll with Wake Forest. I got him actually at at six and a half, but I would take him at seven. The half point's not an issue here. Okay. We got we got obviously Wake Forest has Kendall Hinton, the quarterback suspended, who really had it rolling at the end of last year. They went eight and five with a fifty five fifty two belt bowl win over A and M. Belt bowl hadn't seen that many points since Dak Prescott. We <laughs> have just go ahead and say it with me, Mike. Most electrifying player in college football this year is a demon deacon, Greg Dortch. You heard it here first. His Heisman campaign is getting started tonight on this podcast. It's not a 2018 Heisman campaign. It's, it's a 2019. He's just a sophomore, but he'll be an All-American. <laughs> Write the, his the, name down, Mike. Greg Dork. Greg Dork. So, Greg Dork with a C-H, not a K. Greg Dork. So, Wake, Wake is rolling with a true freshman quarterback, Sam Hartman. Been reading practice reports out of there. Kids look the best. He manages the game. All they really need is somebody to just manage the game, get it to Greg, and just they can go three and zero in these first three games. This is what this is what Wake can do. They they got they got eight returners on offense. Obviously, seven for this game with Kendall Hinton suspended. They got six returning on defense. They have their whole line returning. Tulane only has three starters returning on defense. Basically, rebuilt their whole front seven off of a middle of the road American Athletic Conference team. So basically, I'm looking for Wake Forest to control the line of scrimmage this whole game. Just Sam Hartman hand the ball off, get it to Dortch when he can, and just let them control the time of clock, possession, and they'll just beat them down. I, I think they honestly win by 11 or 12. 
So mm-hmm. if you can get them at six and a half, load up seven, take them. But we'll be one and zero early after Wake Forest on Thursday night. Mm. That's a good yeah. one. I mean, they, like you coming off a win like that against A and M at the to finish off the season, and then uh, like you said, the uh, the always dangerous middle of the road American Athletic Conference teams the year after. You know, that's you always got to be aware. Um, I think home I mean, opener. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, and we also mentioned last week Tulane's got the new stadium right on campus. So I mean, yeah. they'll yeah, have, they'll the, have a nice uh, student crowd, I'm sure. <laughs> All those uh, nothing to do down there, but um. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think Wake Forest is the is the is the is the, the team here. I mean, I think they cover, like you said, six and a half or seven at the number we got them at recently. Um, I can't wait. The open opening night, getting a win. Uh, who you got, Clay? Are you, right, already picked, have... you already picked it. Just go with your next game. All right, my second game. I uh, I, don't, I don't believe I have any more Thursday night games. Vandy does not play Thursday night, correct? No, they don't. I don't think so. That's a Saturday. Okay, I'll go ahead and take – we have Vandy versus Middle Tennessee State. It's a three-point spread, Vandy being the favorites at home. The last – they played the last three years. This is kind of a Middle Tennessee rivalry, as you would say now, because if Vandy needs a rivalry, Middle Tennessee State's the guy. <laughs> so the last three times they've played, Vandy has won by four, 23, and 22. And Miss Vandy teams have not been good. So, basically, Vandy has always been known as defense under Derek Mason, offense sputtering. Well, they lost the eighth-year running back, Ralph Webb, who was a legend. But Vandy's returning returning quarterback, Kyle Shermer, wide receiver, Kalija Lipscomb. They have a transfer running back, Kashawn Vaughn, coming in from Illinois, who played big-time minutes for Illinois as a freshman. Look for him to get some carries. They have a four-star receiver that transferred from the Ohio State University. Before they had that, the recent allegations. Alex Stump, look for him to make plays. Vandy also returns, which is an interesting stat, six linemen with at least four starts each. So they got a little better in line. But basically, I expect the offense to be better this year. They beat Milton C. State by 22. Milton C. State's not bad. They're, they're not bad CUSA team. I could see them winning seven or eight games. But I just think Vandy at home, Minus three against Middle Tennessee State in a game where if Derek Mason doesn't win this game, it's not going to be fun to wake up Sunday morning and be Derek Mason. <laughs> I mean, so, that would be really bad news for my uh, Vandy over four on the season, four wins on the season bet if they open up with a loss at Middle Tennessee. Would not be good for that. <laughs> yeah, I looked at this game really hard, and I just – I can't talk myself into either team, honestly. I know Middle Tennessee State, yeah, they are going to be a 7-8 win team. And Vanderbilt, the way they started out last year, they actually looked good because they beat Kansas State. I don't know if you all remember that. I actually put that one on here last year, shout out. Mm. But um, Vandy started out hot. Then they ended up losing nine in a row. Maybe they do that again here. But also the vibe that – they ended off last year could just drag into this year. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who do you uh, who you have up next, Mike? On your uh, on your five? I got. Let's rewind back to Thursday. I actually got you two winners before the weekend starts. Mm-hmm. Um, you take Tulane in the membrane, then you roll with Central Florida, who actually kick off before the Tulane game. So we'll get to count our money a little bit earlier than Clay and. Um, UConn. They're going to UConn. The over-under 73. 
I've got Central Florida, obviously. Um, we're going to fade UConn as much as we can this year. But with Central Florida, they lost the coach, uh, Frost, in the offseason. But they look like they're going to be pretty set up. They're the favorite, once again, to win the American Conference. And uh, mainly I'm giving you this bet for the reasons why UConn is not good. They got two returning starters on defense. It's their fifth offensive coordinator in five years. Uh, only 10 seniors on the entire roster. Uh, Mackenzie Milton, uh, maybe you've heard of him before, but he was one of the best quarterbacks last year going into his junior year. Could be a dark horse next year. Um, looking like he's going to light him up at Christmas with 13 returning starters. And you might as well take the over, but I don't know how UConn's going to turn out. So I'd probably, I'd probably stay away from the total. Love. Could not love that play more, Mike. I, I honestly thought about it. I looked at it today. I broke it down, but I, I just couldn't roll with so many road favorites. But Mackenzie Milton coming back. Josh Heifel has already said they're going to play even faster than Scott Frost had him. I was reading the SB Nation UConn football site. Yeah, that exists. There's an SB Nation football site for UConn. And their predictions for this game were UCF 108, UConn 3. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. UConn's defense is starting five true freshmen because everybody else transferred. And it's true freshmen at UConn. That's not <laughs> – Yeah, these aren't, these aren't three and four stars. These are one stars that didn't have anywhere else to play besides UConn and Kansas. They're non-scholarship so, players at the at most Big Five conferences. At Memphis, they wouldn't even get a scholarship here at Memphis. And the coaching staff so, was very, 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 very okay with like rotating a bunch of young guys in there for UConn. It's like, dude, you're hosting the national champion from last year. You can't just start all freshmen. And if I remember correctly, Memphis went up there last year. One of our one of your plays, Mike, that I followed last year. Huge fan of the pod. Memphis went up there on a Friday night last year and ran them out of the building. So, I, I love that pick. Love that pick. Wow. Never thought I'd hear that. Hey, you met Mike's making good calls already. Watch uh, it for a while. First and only time this year. <laughs> uh, what, do you, uh, what do you got, Clay? Next, your next game. All right. Next game, we will go with who Robert Smith predicts to be the national champion. The Texas Longhorns minus 13 and a half in Annapolis, Maryland. Basically, how could you take Maryland right now with everything that's going on there now? You don't know. I mean, they have Matt Canada, who's the interim coach, who did not even work out with Ed Ordron as his OC. So that's that's a sign in itself. But Texas is returning Sam Ellinger, sophomore quarterback. They had a top 20 defense last year that is, for the most part, returning. The offensive line is back. And then Maryland, we'll give them credit, though, because they went to, to Austin last year, and they torched they torched Texas in the first game of the year. Mm-hmm. But since then, it just went downhill. Tyrell Pigren, the quarterback who torched him last year, he tore his ACL right after that. So he's coming into the year as a co-starter with Kaysen Hill, who also tore his ACL in 2017. Dude, Maryland's well, really quarterbacks, they're cursed. This is some deep they recon really are. on Maryland. <laughs> yeah, so we, we're just taking Texas basically because how can Maryland even focus with everything going on this year? I, I, like, the, I like the horns in that spot. Tom Herman has to come out hot this year. Has, has to. to. Yeah. 
Yeah, let me piggyback off of that because I'm I'm totally with you. So you're taking you're taking that game too, right? In one of your five. Yeah, I'm yeah I'm taking Texas for sure. Um, you know, last year was a fluke, winning fifty-one to forty-one in that Austin shootout. Uh, Maryland has only covered three of their last eleven when they're a home dog of ten to fifteen points. Now that's a very very specific statistic, but. I thought it would just be would be fun mentioning. Um, I think, yeah, once again, with all the drama and everything else at Maryland, it's just hard to, to get on board with that. And plus, Texas, I mean, along with taking that, I would take the under at 56. That's really my bet. Um, I'll totally buy into that because Texas, their defense has improved even more over the offseason. Uh, they've 17 out of their past 20 regular season games have hit the under. So I like the trend. So we're going to get it. I think we're going to get both of them. Yeah. Sloppy game, sloppy game in Annapolis FedEx field. Uh, yeah. I, I like that pick too. I think Texas, yeah, they don't, they don't lose two years in a row to Maryland. That's not happening. Um, I think Herman, I mean, I think we all kind of like, we, we agreed that Herman, this is a year like you have to, produce this year like people didn't expect you to go to the playoff or anything last year based off what you were inheriting but you can't have two lackluster seasons in a row of like five or six wins at Texas so he is gonna have to come out and uh you know we we, I believe in him I think he is the guy I think he was the right high there so I think they will have a bounce back season probably win eight or nine games I don't think they're winning the national championship or anything but uh but this is a big I mean this is a good out of conference on the road starter I mean if you take care of business unlike last year I mean, you know, you, the, the national media is going to start loving you again. Like, it, they won't take long to fall back in love with Texas. Uh, what's up? So, that was uh, one of your games too, Mike. Where are you taking it from there on the, the best bets? We're going we're gonna to roll right into Saturday morning, which is probably one of the first games to get, get the Saturday kicking off. Ole Miss against Texas Tech in Houston, Texas. Texas Tech is a two-point favorite, um, according to – I don't know what it is. I don't know what it would be now, but – when I wrote this, it was two. It, it moved to two and a half, I believe. Okay. Well, either way, the over-under 67. They're um, factoring in the attendance. That's why the line's moving. They've already Yeah, we, we still have the 45K over-under there. They, they heard less people are making the drive. So, looking at what Ole Miss did last year as far as defenses and looking how Texas Tech is in the Big 12, it's hard not to look at the over-under total and just think that's way too low. Um, the Revs, they have, they're in the spotlight right now for having, you know, they got nothing to lose. So they're going to go out there and just air it out, play some wild, wild style football to get it going. And I think they'll win. I really do. Um, I'm not taking them as far as on this pod, but you know, I wouldn't mind dabbling a little bit on the money line, but irregardless, they got a slinging quarterback with a great wide receiver core. Um, Ole Miss's defense was the worst, I think, in the conference last year. Don't seem to me like they're going to go from worst to first in the defensive category, so they're going to let the points hang. The Big 12 schools always do. It's going to be a fun Saturday morning, so I'm taking the over. I'll go ahead and match that with the under. My first hot take of the year, the OM Texas Tech under 67. 
basically Texas Tech is replacing the starting quarterback, the starting running back for the top receiver, for their top five receivers on an offense that could obviously score last year. We never doubt Cliff Kingsbury's offensive ability to score. On defense, they returned 10 defensive starters, all of their secondary. It never was a great defense, but it's getting better. With that being said, Ole Miss is returning very little from a defense that was very bad. They lost their three top defensive players last year, lost other key pieces. But for eight months now, this team has heard nothing but about their ability to stop the run. They were about 115th last year in explosive plays allowed. They've been harping on that all offseason. So I think their defense will actually be a little better because it'll be second year in the system under Wesley McGriff. I think that will be a huge key. Although the talent's not there, I think they'll be able to scheme, make some plays here and there. Also, talking about my boys, because the Rebels are my team, I'm not completely sold on Jordan Tamu as much as some people are. He played about four games last year. He had a great first half against Arkansas, terrible second half. Then next week, he lit up University of Louisiana. And then they just sputtered in gear for a full four quarters against A&M in Oxford. Scored about – I can't – they didn't get out of the teens, I believe. And then he obviously went to Starkville, had a solid egg bowl, like not just phenomenal, but a solid. So then all offseason he's heard about how great he was and how he's the man. And Yes, he has great receivers, but I think first game of the year, they just lost their only running back with returning snaps to Mono this year. This week, he's out for three weeks with Mono, Eric Sweeney. So they're starting a Juco running back who's weighing in about 5'9", 2'10", Scotty Phillips. So I don't think they'd be able to establish a run game much. Yeah, their offensive line is good, but I don't think they establish much of a running game. They have to focus on the pass. And I think Tech, with a, with a return in secondary, could slow them down enough. I think it goes under 67. I think this is one of those – me and Jacob went to the Ole Miss Cal game last year. You never would have expected what happened there. I, I think it was 23-16. Or, oh, that was the worst. Was that not – was, was it yeah, I think it was 23-16. Yeah, everybody yeah, – They attacked on another field goal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, everybody expected that game to be in the 50s, and it, it was far from it. So I, I think it's just <laughs> it was a, great, it was a great watch. <laughs> everybody in the country. Yeah, everybody in the country is on the over. I'm taking the under here just to fade Mike. Hey, I'm all right with that. Sometimes you got to make that call. It's either going to be a really low, like disappointing, like 30 or 40 point score, or it's going to be like 80. So I think it's going to be very up and down, but. Yeah. I mean, we'll roll with it. Yeah. It'll be fun. I can see those points too. I mean, the, you know, a lot of people are picking them to just, just air it out the whole game, especially with, you know, Kingsbury and whatnot. But you're right. There's a lot of questions around both teams and, and it could easily, you know, be a Cal Ole Miss from last year and, and, you know, just sputter out there or obviously one team is less, you know, worse than the other. You never know, you know, you know, the, the trajectory of the two seasons for these two teams would, you know, could, could, could be based off this, uh, this matchup. So, would it be fair to say that Clay? If I ask you this, would it be fair to say that we could say there's going to be a defensive touchdown in this game? So let's take a prop on that. Let's do it. We'll get we'll get that bet tomorrow night over some beers at Max's. I'm down for that. Special teams or defense, or does it have to be defense? No, just a defensive touchdown. Hmm. I could see a pick six going to the house. Yeah, for both teams, <laughs> each each QB. Uh, who do you great. have? What's your uh, what's your next game, Clay? 
All right, my fifth game of the weekend, I have Notre Dame and Michigan. Right now, I got it at Notre Dame minus one. They started out as a three-point dog, and sharp money came in. So now they're a one-point home favorite against our favorite college football player, Shea Patterson. So basically, first things first on this one, you always take Brian Kelly over Harbaugh. Not even, I'm not even a big Brian Kelly fan. I'm just not big on Jim Harbaugh. Notre Dame coming off 10 wins last year. They're 20th overall in returning production, first in returning defensive production. And just this week, Michigan lost wide receiver Tariq Black, not to be confused with the basketball player here from the University of Memphis, but he was Shea's most comfortable target all through the spring, all through fall camp. He was Shea's checkdown guy whenever Shea needed somebody to get to. Everybody seems to be huge on the Shea Patterson train, but I got some numbers. In non-conference games last year, outside of the Cal game, Shea had 13 touchdowns, three picks. In his five games versus Alabama, Auburn, Cal, LSU, and Vandy, Shea had eight touchdowns and eight interceptions for a quarterback rating of 49 with that receiver core. I just think Shea Patterson is a guy that beats up on bad teams and isn't good against good teams. And I think on the road at Notre Dame in his first moment with Michigan, I think he doesn't get it done. It's a one-point spread. I think you got to take Notre Dame here. I looked at that one long and hard myself, and I was actually talking to J Mac about this before. I think it was earlier today, and I was like, at first, I mean, I want to stay away from this game either way, just because you don't know he how each team's going to be starting off the year ever. They always get this huge hype, but they usually kind of fall short of that significantly, but. I mean, I'm leaning – I would lean towards the home dog, but at the same time, I think this is more of an emotional bet for you, so I'm just going to steer clear. I, I appreciate it. It is emotional. Yes, I'm rooting for Shea Patterson to fail. <laughs> I mean, other than that, J-Mac, I really – Yeah. I haven't seen any more that I'm, that I'm going to do yet. However, I think – if I'm just looking right off the cuff at another game to kind of keep an eye on as far as putting money down, I would probably say messing around with that Florida Atlantic at Oklahoma. They're yeah. a 21-point dog. Um, obviously, Lane Kiffin, always a fun team to watch, especially with this uh, 10-year contract extension getting started. Um, they could go in there and – you know, mess around and stay around for the first half. So if that line climbs any higher than 21, I may have to jump on board. Yeah, I have a I have yeah. a buddy who's uh, for, who's an Oklahoma fan that was being asked about that game in our chat the other day at work. And uh, he was like – he's like, yeah, I think he thinks it will be a, like a sem- semi-close game as far as like not as much as the spread is, is – has it, has it or whatever. Like maybe they won't cover, but he doesn't think Oklahoma will struggle. Yeah, that'll be uh, Kyler Murray's first game, so that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Another game that, that I like, I needed to drop another half point. It's at one and a half right now. If we can get Auburn as a one-point favorite in Atlanta, that's basically a de facto home game. I know the Washington team is very good, but Auburn has lost two straight in Atlanta, and I just don't see them losing a third straight game in Atlanta, especially in front of a 80 to 85% home crowd. But I would also think about sprinkling a little bit on that under because those are both two very defensively talented teams. 
but we need that thing to get down to one. It's at one and a half or two on most sites right now. We just need a little public money to come in on the Huskies. Now we'll be talking. It's two and a half here on the Bovada. So I, I got it at one and a half right now, but we we need some some help. But I don't really see it moving. I don't see a lot of Husky fans out there, but if we can get it at one, I think we take it. I feel you. Yeah. Do you have a do you have a money line of the week? I haven't really scoped out many money lines right now, but do you have one you're in love with, Mike? I know you do. Mm, you know, looking at it. Sounds like he doesn't. I, I mean, I would say LSU against Miami, you know. Ojo, money line. Oh, it's a, that's it's worse a, than Jacob's prediction of Vandy beating South Carolina. No, I don't <laughs> think so. I mean, they're only three-and-a-half-point dogs. It's a plus one. They're playing that in Dallas, right? Yeah, they're playing in Dallas. Yeah, they're playing in Dallas. So, Miami could – Yeah, I mean, I don't think the crowd's going to be a factor either way for each team. I just think it's just going to come down to – actually, I don't know. It's going to have to come down to Ed Ogeron making some good decisions to start the game. Because mm. I mean, oh, more... don't put your money on that. <laughs> that's 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 where you lost me. That's the that's the hard part we have to go with. That's why I'm saying it's a money line plus one forty five. Yeah, I mean, I read the uh, I read the most ridiculous Ed O stat today. In his three seasons at Ole Miss against FBS teams, they never scored twenty eight points. Oh my god! That's what I said. Wow, like, that's a, that's he, appalling. He yeah, like Louisiana Monroe, you're not even scoring 28 against. And that, that, that was the most ridiculous thing. Yeah, I went well, to three straight years of those games. <laughs> Who was quarterbacking back then? We, uh, we brought in Brent Schaefer for a while. We had Robert Lane. We had some Seth Adams from Marshall Academy thrown in there. Those were the days. There's a three, three-headed quarterback monster. You know what they say if you have three quarterbacks? You got none. <laughs> that's what they say that's what they say uh but uh maybe next week we'll look at uh more like i guess uh advantageous money lines out there because i do like to that's something i'll take on because i do like to bet money lines uh even during the ncaa tournament too like when basketball i like betting money lines so we'll we'll have that picked out next week but uh if any of y'all unless y'all have any other comments about anything else i want to just get your each of your best bets starting with mike for the week, like the one bet. If the guy out there only has like $25 to his name and he's trying to put it on one line, who's he putting it on? Mm, yeah, me. I'm taking Central Florida. Did the Central Florida plus uh, minus 21? Minus 23. 23, excuse me. No, I got you. That's for, your, the guy out there, for the guy out there looking to turn 25 into 50 and go get him a steak dinner, we're betting on – the most electrifying player in college football, Greg Dortch. Wake Forest, Thursday <laughs> night, getting paid. Taking Dortch, the best bet of the week. The, yeah, he's the, buying the time this tomorrow night. The the seldom heard like two thousand you know two year in advance Heisman campaign being started right now. Um, keep your keep your eyes peeled. They got to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah, they got it. He's got to. Um, but yeah, guys. So, uh, U, US UCF. 
minus 23 and uh the the deacons with Dreg dorch uh both the best bets for the week so get rich on thursday <laughs> any closing comments or just you guys are ready for t- ready for tomorrow night oh it's gonna be man sweet. we're just so happy for football to be back just i'm just thrilled for thursday night real Matt, game get some yeah. sec football this weekend just enjoy it soak it all in max is better enjoy be this long weekend this four-day weekend too the bar better be ready at Max's. Y'all are coming tomorrow. Um, all right, guys. Well, uh, like I said, uh, those are the bets. Uh, we'll be posting this online. I'll also post in the description of each podcast where it's posted. I'll have uh, Clay and Mike, uh, both of their Twitter handles, uh, for other information and, and all that housekeeping stuff. Um, but uh, we'll share it on Twitter. Make sure to follow us there. Uh, get, get any of our other opinions throughout the week. And um, – other than that, this has been uh, basically episode one of the newly named Under the Covers podcast. So uh, we'll, we'll get some some artwork out there for the for the the podcast app or whatever. So, um, but anyways, thank but thanks guys, Clay, Mike, appreciate y'all joining on jumping on again. Yes, sir. Enjoyed it. Talk to y'all right. next week. See you next week. Peace. Peace.